Built by Mountain Barn Builders, welcome to the High School Playbook. Colin Castleberry with you, and it is a jam-packed show with you this week. We go from Gainesboro to Livingston, all the way, of course, back to Cookville. We visit Baxter and Sparta as well. So many places in between. Excited to bring you this one. Of course, Livingston Academy in homecoming this week, hosting Pickett County. Cookville will be on the road at Mount Juliet, and White County will be at Upperman. You can hear White County at Upperman on 104.7 Sports Radio. You can hear Cookville on News Talk 94.1. And, of course, Livingston Academy on 101.9 AM 920 WLIV. Without further ado, let's jump into it. This is the high school playbook built by Mountain Barn Builders. We begin in Gainesboro on the high school playbook built by Mountain Barn Builders, where we visit with Jackson County head coach Sean Loftus as they get set for a marquee matchup after having a tough three-week stretch. Coach, uh, the easiest way to put this is it's been a really tough three-week stretch. How do you keep your guys positive and upbeat uh, after a stretch like this at the beginning of the year? Uh, you know, you just got to take it day to day by day and uh, just come to work the next day to, in the next week to try to get better. And, you know, it's nothing that I think that, uh, you know, that uh, our kids, you know, I didn't think that we played really well or played with great effort uh, two weeks ago against uh, Clay County. But, uh, you know, we actually took the opening kickoff Friday and marched right down the field and, and scored the first seven points. Um, you know, but uh, unfortunately, uh you know, Westmoreland's got a good good ball team, and uh, you know, traditionally they're they're uh, you know they've been good for several years, and uh, um, you know, and you look across the the way, and you know, they're dressing out sixty kids, and here we are with twenty twenty one and stuff. I mean, it just makes it tough whenever you know the kids got to you know play you know a hundred and some odd snaps a night. Uh, not saying that it's not been done before, because it's you know it's it's the way it is usually around here but uh um you know i've got a good group of kids and you know we had a good good day yesterday and we just got to you know uh you know compound that with a, with another good day today and the remainder of this week yeah health has always uh been a concern as well for you guys where are you sitting currently in that department or or where do you expect <laughs> to be come friday night between sickness and and actual i i hate to say actual injuries but the difference between like sickness and a, a twisted ankle right uh you know we uh let's see here as of last friday you know we were missing uh i don't know we lost one for the year on uh, uh the the week of the of the Salina game uh with a uh fractured ankle and then uh last week we had uh two two way starters out uh i'm hoping to get one back um you know so we're we're a completed or you're we're a banged up group um and just uh you know the next next person just got to be ready to go and in hopes of uh you know you know getting enough reps this week for everybody and uh, understanding what the game plan is and going out there and executing to the best of uh, their ability. You guys take on Red Boiling Springs this week. Uh, what do you guys have to key on? This is a, a Red Boiling Springs team that's kind of had an up, or, an up and down year as well. Uh, they're explosive offensively. I mean, they're 
the you know the the quarterback he throws the ball well. He's a big kid, so once you get there, you you've got to get him down. Um, and then you know they're they spread the field out, and they've got all kinds of athletes. They don't just throw it to one or two kids. I mean, they've got uh, you know four four receivers that uh, have caught the ball or caught several passes, and um, and then even the back out of the backfield. Uh, so I mean, they're you know the thing about them is they are explosive, and they can they can put points up on the board. So anytime that they have the ball, I and mean, we've got to you know we've got to get. Uh, pressure on the quarter quarterback with our front and then uh, our back end has got to uh you know not have any breakdowns and just just make open field tackles um you know so that's that's probably the most important thing and then offensively we have to uh we have to put the ball in the end zone as well um and try to keep their offense off the off the field as much as we possibly can and, and it's just sustained drives and just uh you know eat up the clock yeah, I was going to say you you sort of started to talk about it there at the end is is the strategy almost uh, a good a good defense is a is a slow methodical offense. No, that's uh, that's a lot of it. I mean, we're you know, we're our offense has done some good things this year. Uh we just kind of shot ourselves in the foot uh by making some some mistakes at crucial times uh either by giving up a sack or or something, some type of uh, you know pre-snap penalty or post-snap penalty, but uh, you know um, offensively we just got to you know not get in our own way and 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 just turn out uh, positive plays and um, you know and that you know that's uh, like you said I mean it, it a good offense and and uh, that it's that will sustain drives is probably going to be our best defense uh, you know come Friday. This is the High School Playbook, built by Mountain Barn Builders. That was Jackson County head coach Sean Loftus as the Blue Devils attempt to play the best defense they've played all season and walk away with a win for the first time since week one. We go from Gainesboro back to Putnam County and stop off in Sparta where we check in with one of the two competing members of our Game of the Week this week. The Upperman Bees and head coach Adam Kane are in for a challenge as they face off with the nation. Yes, the nation's leading rusher in White County quarterback, Trip Pinion. Uh, Coach, if there's one thing we know about you and your program, uh, you built quite a culture over there, but how do you keep the team focused on them playing and practicing to your standard, uh, sitting at 4-0 on the season? Uh Well, sometimes I feel like I don't do a very good job of it. Um... You know, it, it is, uh, I mean, it's a daily grind and, uh, you know, you, you got to try to, you know, um, it, it, it's really kind of against human nature to go out there every single day and, and work to get better. Um, but you know, that's the battle we fight and, uh, you know, I'm exhausted at the end of each day, um, just trying to push and, and prod and, and, uh, you know, encourage and, and correct and coach and the whole deal. Um, you know, I usually can trust that the guys are going to show up and play on Friday nights, but getting, getting kids to, you know, to buy into the daily process is, is the hard part of the job. And, and, uh, you know, and I, I say it all the time, my, my work is, uh, you know, the hard part of my job is Monday through Thursday. Um, you know, so, uh, hopefully that by then we've got the kids ready to go on Friday, but, uh, 
You know, this week is uh, is uh, very interesting. You know, we're we're facing a, a really really dynamic football player. Uh, you know, the quarterback for for White County, and so uh, I, you know, I think the guys are going to have to. They're either going to step their game up, or or he's going to run for a thousand yards against us. So hopefully, it won't have to be all about me prodding and and all that and they'll sense the urgency of the situation and, and kind of get their level of play going early this week yeah you talked about it right there it's another week and this time it is one of the best athletes you may face all season uh, trip pinion led led the state in rushing top 10 in the country uh, at a point this year how do you slow him down just from a football standpoint how do you slow down a guy like that? Obviously, you guys have to go out and execute. Yeah, um, I really don't know. Um, you know, he's a kid that, um, you know, e- each and every play looks like he's, uh, you know, very, very uh, dead set on getting the ball in the end zone. And, uh, you know, he's a he's a north and south type of guy that'll make, you know, some subtle moves. Um, you know, he sets his blocks up really well. Um, you know, I, I don't, I don't recall seeing a kid this dynamic with the ball in his hands. Um, to make matters worse, he can beat you through the air as well. Um, so it's, it's just going to be a collective effort. Um, I don't think you, uh, I don't think you really slow him down or, or, um, you know, contain him or anything like that. I think the biggest the biggest thing is that you know you got to make his 250 yards or or 300 yards, whatever it may be that night. You got to make them tough yards, and uh, you know, hopefully the wear and tear over the over the course of 48 minutes, you know, maybe takes its toll on him. And and uh, you know, that's what we're we're hoping to do is get some bodies to where he's going to be and. And, uh, you know, hopefully get him on the ground. On the maybe the opposite side of that, how do you challenge your offense this week? How do you challenge a guy like Bronson Chafin to step up and compete in a game where it could be quarterback mano y mano? <laughs> well, we never look at it that way. Um, you know, it's, a, it's especially the way we play offense. It's a, a true team, um, you know, concept. But you know, Bronson's got some, uh, uh, you know, a skill set of his own that is uh, pretty unique, and uh, you know, hopefully we can, you know, call some plays that that let him run the ball some, and and uh, also showcase his arm a little bit. You know, we we need to be a little more balanced, and we need to be a little more consistent. But uh, you know, offensively, we. We've moved the ball pretty well, and, and uh, you know, hopefully we'll, we'll be able to do the same. Uh, you know, I think they play really hard on defense, and um, I think their football team kind of rallies around the quarterback, and, and uh, you know, they all want to do their part. So, uh, you know, it's going to be a big-time challenge. Uh, you know, this will be a, a challenge for us. But, the, you know, honestly, this is why we play. You know, this is why we play these games. It's going to be a big crowd going to be uh an electric environment and um you know hopefully our kids will embrace the whole thing 
one of the big things you mentioned to me last week coming out of the Livingston Academy game was having to adjust in the game versus what you guys kind of saw on film going into Friday night. What did you see this week or what have you seen this week uh, that you guys can try and take advantage of uh, against White County? Well, one one thing I do know, um, I know uh, David Foster's over there, and, and uh, you know he's coached against us quite a few times when he was at Cookville. So I'm sure he's got some, you know, some schemes and some ideas of of how to stop us. And uh, I, and I'm sure, uh, you know, he's a really really you know bright guy and smart coach. And I'm sure there'll be a lot of different looks and a lot of different you know, scenarios for us to deal with. Um, so we're kind of prepared for that. We're not we're not just overcooking what we've seen on film. We're kind of ready for the, uh, you know, having to make adjustments in-game. And, uh, you know, uh, the quicker we're able to do that, the better. You know, a lot of our stuff uh, we feel like works well against – you know, any defense, and so hopefully we can call some good plays against them. Head coach Adam Kane, Upperman Bees football coach, before we let you go, back to uh, back at home after back-to-back weeks on the road, just how good is it going to be to be back in Baxter on Friday night? You know, it just makes things a little bit less hectic, and, uh, and, it, and it makes things, uh, you know, a little more comfortable, and so I'm just – Hoping we can take advantage of the home crowd and and get ourselves uh, in a good mindset, ready to ready to play, you know, a really good, talented football team. A talented football team, indeed. We'll talk with White County head coach Curtis Beatty coming up near the end of the program. Right now, this is the high school playbook built by Mountain Barn Builders. What do you say we stay in Putnam County here on the High School Playbook built by Mountain Barn Builders? We head from Baxter just up the interstate here to Cookville to check in with Cavs head coach Taylor Hennigan coming off a bad loss to Lebanon and now going on the road to an ever-dangerous Mount Juliet. Coach, 41-17, to but it was a whole lot tighter and closer into the fourth quarter. What happened for you guys down the stretch that uh, people look at this final score and, and think this game... Uh, probably was out of hand when it really wasn't for, what, three and a half quarters. Yeah. Um, you know, a loss is a loss, whether it's one or 25 or whatever it is. So, um, you know, Lebanon outplayed us and outcoached us, to be honest with you. We we did not play nearly um, anywhere close to, to what I think is our best, um, which is disappointing, but uh, yeah, the, the final score may not be indicative of of the game, but um, we did some good things. But but overall, we just we did not play uh, to our standard. And when you play a team that's as well coached and and has some some athletic guys with some speed, um, that's going to get exposed pretty quick. So uh, a loss is a loss, a win is a win. Um, I've said that before. So uh, we got to move on. Yeah, how do you move on in a situation like this? I mean, it's one thing to lose a close game or or take lessons away, but when what happens when you say we got outcoached, we got outplayed, it was an across the board? How do you look back at that, or do you just kind of put that one in the rearview mirror and go full steam ahead at Mount Juliet? Yeah, uh, a little bit more of that. You know, we we've got to really for me just make sure our kids understand why we why we lost. Uh, I don't, you know, again, good players and and a very well-coached team, but 
you know, for us, it was more about the self-inflicted stuff. So I want our guys to understand, hey, if we don't do what we're supposed to do, we're going to get beat. So we can't just completely move on. But at the end of the day, um, you know, we've got a really good team coming up, another region opponent. So we do need to, to move on, and, and we've done that so far this week. We've done a good job of that. Well, how do you get better defensively this week? You look at it and you go one and one over the last two weeks, which is great. You love the win over White County, but your defense has given up 30, 35 plus in in back-to-back games. How do you get better defensively this week and avoid uh, giving up, you know, that amount of points for a third consecutive week? Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a challenge. We're playing a top five team and and probably the best thrower of the ball that we'll face, or at least up until this point, so... Another huge challenge for us, a good running back, um, just overall a good team. So, again, I think a lot of it is more about us, even though, you know, we do we do play a formidable opponent and, and a lot of good players. But just continuing to, to kind of build on, on some of the things that we're trying to get done and did some good things defensively, but just inconsistent. And that's part of, you know, what I talked about a minute ago of just showing – showing our guys if we're not in the right spot, you know, we're, we're not going to have a lot of success. So just got to keep trying to build on, on the things that we've done well and eliminate some of the mistakes. You mentioned consistency there. I mean, that goes hand in hand with asking about the offense as well. How do you continue to build consistency when you look back over the last couple of weeks and you see a 40-plus point performance and a 17-point performance? How do you kind of find consistency on the offensive uh, side of the ball? Yeah, you know, one of the things I thought was was a positive from last week, we never, in any any phase of the game, we never really felt like we were clicking for whatever reason. You know, White County, obviously, we felt like we had a really good rhythm offensively, and we felt like we could, um, you know, control the ball, run the ball, and do some different things. And, and last week, we just didn't really feel like we were, were in that rhythm. And, and a lot of that, you know, credit to Lebanon. Um, we knew that front you know, 3-3 stack, kind of an active front, a little bit more active up front, um, kind of puts some doubt in, in some of your guys' heads. So um, a little bit a little bit um, to do with just scheme. But we did answer, even though we started poorly. And But, you know, to come out in the second half and put two touchdown drives together, I thought was, um, was a positive because we very easily could have gone the other way and gone three and out and, and kind of stalled and let the thing get out of hand a lot earlier than it did. So um, some positives there offensively, but definitely just trying to, to get more consistent. You know, Blake got hurt a few few drives. We had to put uh, put Mason in there, which is just different. Mason's a good player, but it's just different um, when you're starting quarterbacks out. So that, that factored in a little bit too. This week, you've talked about it, Mount Juliet, a top five team, really great quarterback, thrower, a great running back in the backfield with him. What do you guys do to counter uh, that level of talent and obviously the, the scheme that they're going to bring to the table? Yeah, you know, for us, like I said, we've got to keep trying to build and get consistent in what we're doing. Um, you know, we do need to um, – what I say, get on body. We need to make sure that we're making matches in the secondary consistently. They're a, a heavy RPO team, which, you know, they're going to run the fake, um, really call two plays at once. They're going to have the run play, and uh, if you're not sound in the back end, they'll, they'll have an option to throw the football. So, um, you know, that's part of our preparation and, and kind of change a little bit of our scheme that way. But um, really get back to 
the base fundamentals, block destruction and tackling and, and make sure we're attacking the ball. I love getting to talk ball, getting a little into the weeds, and, and the RPO is something you can definitely do that with. How do you coach your defense up this week? Eye discipline, staying on their assignment, uh, because you know it's they get into that run fit, they fall down, and now all of a sudden we're getting beat over the top, or vice versa, we stay back, and now we're getting beat in the run. How do you coach up uh, you know, a 16-, 17-year-old kid to stay in position, eye discipline, things like that? Yeah, I think you're looking for maybe just – Little, little things to kind of key them in on, you know, the difference in, you know, the quarterback's maybe eyes, the quarterback's footwork that can kind of tip you off to some of that stuff. But um, that's not always the case. That's, you know, kind of take that week by week. We actually had an interception on a very similar type play last week against Lebanon with, with the run play and they tried to RPO into the slot and Jack, you know, Jack Massingale picked the ball off. So it's really a feel thing. I mean, you kind of teach it and you understand, Hey, this is what they're trying to accomplish. This is, you know, they're reading you, whoever the individual player is, you know, if you're too fast into the fit, you know, the most likely they're going to throw the ball behind you. But, you know, at the end of the day, you got to stop the run and, and it's something that we've been a little inconsistent doing. So we've, we've got to focus on that and, just kind of let the RPO part play out. And, and if we're sound in the back end, um, that play may be completed, but I don't think that's the play that's going to hurt us. We'll see what play hurts them, if any, as the Cavs head to Mount Juliet on Friday night. You can tune in on 94.1 News Talk and uh, listen in for the Cavs and Mount Juliet. Right now, it's the high school playbook. I'm Colin Castleberry, and it is built by Mountain Barn Builders. Jumping on Highway 111 as we head from Cookville now to Livingston, where we check in with the coach coming off a win in Mattenhauser, but also the coach coming off playing two games in two days, and now in the midst of homecoming week as the Wildcats get ready to host the Bobcats of Pickett County for the first time in several years. Here's head coach Mattenhauser. Coach, two games in two days, uh, the second one with an hour-plus delay after you drove four hours. Simply put, just how's everybody feeling here on a you know a Tuesday, Wednesday, middle of the week? Uh, we're we're in good spirits. It's homecoming week. Kids are uh, flying around at practice, uh, enjoying you know enjoying the week. Um, fired up, you know they it was a long bus ride, but they were um, they had plenty of energy going there and back. I'll promise you that they were a loud group that was enjoying themselves and. You know, a lot of times it's just being around your teammates and being that makes a lot of the, the memories that you'll take with you for a long time. So <clears throat> they enjoyed the trip. We gave them Monday off, uh, no game, no practice. They're back at it on a Tuesday. We'll go the rest of the week, and uh, they're excited to play again on Friday. Oh, listen, Coach, they made a memory that a lot of Livingston Academy fans, a lot of parents, uh, these players themselves, and of course you guys as coaches are are never going to forget, not just the trip and the delay and everything that came with it, but obviously big win, right? You get a win for the first time in a couple years. What do you think that meant to the guys, or what did they tell you it meant to them to come out on the winning side of a ball game? Uh, well, they were super excited. Um, you know, they've had a rough go at it this year and, and in previous years. And, um, you know, they were just excited to, to come away with a win and get some younger kids some playing time. And we hate that that win didn't come a couple weeks ago when we had the lead against White's Creek. Uh, we felt like that was a game that we were going to close out. And then we spent the last two weeks um, in the game at halftime and just not been able to put together a second half 
good enough to hold on to the lead or take the lead and win it. So, you know, we're st- we're every little thing that we can do to build some momentum uh, when you can win a game. Um, doesn't matter where you're having to play or all that kind of stuff. It just it helps to build confidence and momentum, and that's what we're trying to get accomplished out of this week is have a good week of practice, make sure that we're well prepared physically and mentally to go out and play on Friday night. Um, and also enjoy some of the homecoming festivities. We talk a lot about, you know, the you know a lot of the reason they do have homecoming is because of the game and the players and cheerleaders and band and and we want the kids to enjoy those things during the day and then know that when practice starts it's time to focus on football. But um, you know they they're a resilient group. They'll be ready to go Friday night and and uh, I'm excited about it. You started to talk about it right there, but let's go a little more in-depth. This week is homecoming. It's a big deal. Everybody enjoys themselves. But how do you get the guys to stay focused amidst all that pageantry to say, hey, listen, yeah, we're, we we won that game, but let's make it two in a row? Well, I, I think that you always have a risk of, of guys not being focused on homecoming week because there are so many things going on. But we've got an older group. Uh, 20 plus seniors. Those guys are are hungry to, you know, start their own streak, and and winning two games in a row would be big for them. So that they're focused in, they're ready to go. Um, I, I I don't have any concerns about them showing up prepared and ready on Friday night. I just think that you can see it in their eyes and the way they approach things. Um, they're gaining more and more confidence each week. They're a close group. They like to play together. Uh, so, you know, yeah, there's build floats and do class tournaments and powder puff football and parades and all of that in homecoming week. But uh, you've got to be able to put that thing, put all those things aside and be ready to play seven o'clock on Friday night. And I think they'll be ready. Well, speaking of Friday night, you got Pickett County coming in for homecoming. Pickett's got a a really athletic quarterback uh, led by an upperclassman in that position. Not unlike Jenkins, uh, Caleb Morgan, who you, you saw on Saturday, how do you kind of combat that ability as we saw you at times be able to limit Morgan on Saturday? And then, of course, he did have a 95-yard uh, takeoff to the right to the end zone. So how do you limit uh, you know, a, a good athletic quarterback you're going to see on Friday night? For defensively, you, you, we just have to read our keys, um, make sure that we're swarming to the ball and, and that we're physical and we finish each and every play. And that's, you know, it, that's what defense boils down to. It doesn't matter. Um, who the opponent is or what style of play they play, you have to be able to control the line of scrimmage and play physical and finish your tackles. And those are things that, um, you know, some of our younger guys are, are learning that and they got a lot of playing experience on, on Saturday and they've played a lot in JV games. And um, the older guys are a little bit better at that. They've just had a little bit more experience. So it's, it's a constant learning thing. It's hard to emulate those things in practice. Um, when you're trying to keep guys healthy and you're trying your best to, to be physical, but not, you know, injure someone. So it's, it's a constant work in progress to, to make sure that you're finishing things and Pickett County will come in here. I, I told our guys that they'll give us their best game. Um, it, it'll be a huge opportunity for them to come in and play against us and our kids need to be ready to go and, and to give them their best game as well. It's going to be a blast. We invite everybody out. We hope to have a big crowd. These kids have played incredibly hard. There's going to be some festivities. I know there's all of our alumni are welcome back and we have alumni cheerleaders that are planning to team up with our cheerleaders and do some things. So it'll be a fun atmosphere, a fun night. 
uh, we look forward to having a big crowd out. I'm looking forward to being there myself. Homecoming against Pickett County for Livingston Academy on Friday night on 101.9 AM 920 WLIV. Coverage begins at 6.15. Of course, kickoff at 7 and expect an extended halftime. Right now, the high school playbook built by Mountain Barn Builders continues. We return to Putnam County up Highway 111 and take a left onto Interstate 40 as we head up the mountain to Monterey to speak now with head coach Scott Hughes on the high school playbook built by Mountain Barn Builders. The Wildcats are in a tough spot. Started 2-0, now 2-2. How do they recover? How do they regroup? Here's head coach Scott Hughes on that exact question. Coach, back on the road this week and uh, two and two after starting two and zero on the season. How do you kind of reset, refocus uh, the ball club up right here to go back on the road this week? Well, it, you know, it's one of those things for us. Uh, you know, last week we we didn't take care of business the the way that we should have Monday through Thursday, and uh, you know it showed on Friday, and it, it was something for us that uh, had had been a concern as coaches. You know, could we stay mentally focused every week? And it's difficult when you're when you're in the grind and and when you're playing a schedule, uh, you know, very difficult like we are. And uh, you know, I I just felt that last week we wasn't mentally locked in the way that we need to be. And and so you know, we talked about that on Monday afternoon and and spent a lot of time just kind of getting back on the same page and and being uh, one and and being on the same mindset. And uh, you know, we we were much more productive on Monday than we were last Monday. What's the emphasis this week for you guys on the field? Obviously, you wanted to get refocused mentally, become one as a team again, but on the field, what's the emphasis and the focus this week? Well, we got to get back to doing the little things right. I uh, did not think as a team that we blocked very well and, and did not think that we tackled very well. Uh, so, you know, we we got to go back to the – to the elementary fundamentals and, and get back to doing things the right way at, at the root level of football. And, uh, you know, it really doesn't matter what level you're at. If you don't block well and you don't tackle well, you're probably not going to be very successful. And uh, so that was kind of the, the element that we're, we're getting back to is, is going back to those, those ground roots and becoming really good at, at the, the basics again. Blocking, tackling. Sounds like a pretty physical week of practice coming up for you guys. How do you balance physicality and practice when you feel like you really need to do that uh, with obviously keeping guys healthy, not putting too many hits on on Monday through Thursday so they can take some on Friday? Well, you know, we, we use a lot of different equipment to, to simulate tackling and, and to simulate blocking. It, it's not always uh, physical and, and because of the limitations of our roster and different different things like that. Uh, we really try to strive to to take as many hits off of each other as we can during the week. So, uh, you know, we we go into the to the circuits and and we're very conscious of what we need to do and and how to be physical without being physical on uh, ourselves. How have you, this group of upperclassmen? You've got a really talented junior group, a very mature senior group, and you mentioned their response kind of this oh this two and two. Uh, start came back on Monday really focused how proud were you as a coach and and what have you noticed from this group of upperclassmen in terms of them kind of policing themselves getting refocused this week well you know it's one of those things we have to talk about constantly we're we're not where we need to be and and we understand that and a lot of people didn't 
I don't think a lot of people thought we'd win the two games that we did. And, uh, you know, we, we rolled into game three and we were really competitive. And, and so then we had a letdown in week four. And, and it's something that occurs, um, you know, at, at no matter what level, it's hard to be your best every week. And, and that's something that we're having to really talk about is how do you get up every week? What What is your why every week? And, and for us, um, you know, still trying to grow as a program with with new guys at, at, as seniors and uh, juniors in in a different mindset and a different role. It's still just trying to put the the mix together and finding that perfect mix. And and unfortunately for us, sometimes uh, we we you know we're having to to lead by coaches a little bit more than player led, um, just because at times everybody's just kind of staring at each other. And uh, you know that that's. A little bit of a worry, but at the same time, it, it's something that has to happen. And uh, as long as those guys believe, then everything will be okay. Well, Coach, your why and your the players better know their why is going to be really, really big time on Friday night. Westmoreland is an incredibly tough out, makes it a little tougher. you got to go to them. What have you seen on film you guys have to key on against Westmoreland Friday night on the road? Uh, they got you know really good offensive defensive line. Uh, really physical, really aggressive, and and you know their skill guys are are really good. When you look at their quarterback, uh, how athletic he is, those are really good football. Uh, number seven for them is a, a big time athlete, and and then after him, there, there's you know five or six guys that they're getting the football to that are making a lot of plays and they're scoring a lot of points, and and they're a little bit of a a wing tee with a little bit of gun wing, and and so they're really good at what they do. I, I really feel they're really fundamental, and and then when you watch them on defense, they're so aggressive in the box, and and they run really well uh, on the perimeter. They tackle really well, and and so you look at the success they've had, uh, and and it you know it, it's very evident how well coached they are, and it and it's very evident how hard they're going to play, and and so it's going to be a huge challenge, especially going on the road. Going on the road, always a huge challenge, but when you're going up against somebody like Westmoreland, it makes it that much tougher. That was head coach Scott Hughes, Monterey Wildcats head coach here on the high school playbook built by Mountain Barn Builders. We return to Highway 111 and head up to Sparta, where we also return to our game of the week this week. Heard from head coach Adam Kane of the Upperman Bees earlier, they host White County and Trip Pinion, the nation's leading rusher this week. We had to Sparta to catch up with head coach Curtis Beatty, and we talked to him really about everybody except Trip Pinion. Who's got to step up? And of course, how in the world do you take on a 4 0 Upperman team? Here's Coach Beatty. Coach, you start 2 0, you announced it at 2 2. You're back on the road this week. Just how do you kind of refocus the team how do you find that focus this week uh sitting at 500 and going back on the road sure well we just uh reminded the kids that you you've lost two two close contests but when you watch it on tape you had opportunities in those games to potentially win them uh not discrediting the teams that we played at all uh we just continually have shot ourselves in the foot uh as y'all know y'all seen it uh and that's what the focus has been. Like, hey, the world's not over. Two-game losing streak doesn't mean that we're our season's done. It just means we got to focus up and make sure we can't don't continue to beat ourselves. Coaches will tell you all the time you can't truly simulate game situations and game reps in the same way Monday through Thursday uh, that they occur under the lights on a Friday. But how do you uh, work towards? 
fixing some of those shooting yourself in the foot moments Monday through Thursday so you lessen them Friday night? A lot of it is just uh, those kids focusing in the moment. Uh, You know, you get a a silly penalty out of character. Uh, You get a fumble on the two-yard line. Those those things that you work every day, but the moment they just caught you. So you just got to continue to remember or make them remember to focus in those moments. All the small little details, even on Friday nights, matter. So that's what we continually do. We remind them of the small details. The little things matter. And, you know, you just continue to preach, 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 and hopefully it sticks. Coach, we can talk about Trip Pinion all we want, and he certainly deserves all the credit and praise that he receives. But who has to step up around him to get this team where they want to be at this point in the season? Uh, well, I mean, we we had some opportunities Friday night in the in the receiving game, and there was a few balls that were just dropped. Uh, so I think some of those receivers, in general, just need to make sure when the ball's in the air that they're going to be the guy that goes and gets it. And and we've got the Dow brothers back there playing running back, and they just got they trips got to trust them is the the right way to put that to help him. Uh, I think it's important that once that bond is built and they trust each other enough. That 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 will that will fix a lot of the things that people are, are seeing. That uh, when you look at it, it looks like Tripp just puts every, everything on his back, and he does rightfully so. I mean, the kid's the leading rusher in the nation, and I mean Friday night he runs for two hundred nine yards and throws for one hundred seventy three against a very tough stone defense. But there's moments there that he could have handed the ball off to to alleviate some of that pressure, and he didn't. Not not taking shots him. That's just part of it. You got a freshman running back right there, or you got the junior that's the leading rusher in the nation. Who's going? We talk about it all the time. At, <laughs> excuse me, at really every level. But how do you coach a kid like that to trust other guys when he knows what he's capable of? Right. Uh, well, and sometimes you you don't. Sometimes you just say, "Hey, look, you are." What you think you are, you're, you're the best player on on the team right now. Uh, you got all the all the momentum going your way. Sometimes you're you're going to do things that help the team that are not exactly the right right reads. So you don't want to take him away from being himself, but at the same time, you just continually show tape and, and show him the two seconds after the read and things like that. And it, it just starts registering in his mind. And, and as, as we're practicing in practice, you start seeing it more. Uh, I feel like he is, he's making those reads a little bit better and, and making sure that they're, they're clear. Uh, but we just got to continue growth in that area. Upperman is 4-0, and an incredibly tough opponent for so many reasons. Where do you guys have to key this week going on the road to Baxter? Well, I, it's it's simple. I think uh, you just key you key on yourself. I know it's you know cliche and whatever, but Upman's really good. They got a great defensive line, good linebackers, good secondary on on defense, and then you turn around on offense. They got a really good offensive line, a solid running back, and a good quarterback with receivers on the outside. They are who who everybody is looking at in the upper Cumberland. That is the team, uh, and we if we start looking at all those things I just said. It gets a little bit intimidating, uh, so we we don't we just focus on ourselves and and we continue to try to get better, try to cut out the simple mistakes that we were talking about, and making sure that we're we're prepared 
to execute what we need to do, and, and we can't control what Upperman's going to do or who's going to show up and play for Upperman. Who's going to show up and play for Upperman? Bronson Chafin, among others, including Ethan Polk as well. Probably a tough out for White County, but are they up to the challenge? We'll find out Friday night on Sports Radio 104.7, your game of the week between White County and Upperman in Baxter. This is the high school playbook built by Mountain Barn Builders. Built by Mountain Barn Builders, this is the High School Playbook, and we close it out with a trip to Smithville to catch up with Steve Trapp. The Tigers are 2-2, two and two, but they've won their last two and put themselves in a very good position in district and region play. Here's head coach Steve Trapp on what the vibe is around the program. Well, I mean, it definitely feels a lot better than those first couple of weeks of the year. Uh, you know, every football team across the country, you know, high school guys, they – they put in a lot of work to go out there and ultimately to try and be successful. So when it when it doesn't happen for you, you know it can it can weigh you down. It can feel bad, but then uh, you know I always say you know the the bad times is what helps these young guys mature. So they're definitely playing better football. They're understanding the mistakes that they've made and you know how to get through them and learn from them. So that's kind of where we are. We're still not playing our best football, uh, but we are playing extremely hard and uh, getting the job done ultimately when it matters. You know, the last two weeks in a row, we've come out in the second half, and um, defense has been outstanding. We've not given up any points, and our offense has been able to generate some points to to lead us to victory. So uh, it's a good recipe, but we do want to start faster and be cleaner there in the first half. Yeah, what what do you think the corner that this team turned about two weeks ago was? Did you see a shift or a change in the team, or was it just one of those things where it took you two weeks to kind of get rolling with consistency, execution, uh, and things like that? Well, I mean, that's something that we're still striving for each and every day is that consistency and execution. And we can play, you know, 10, 11, 12, 13 ball games, and we're still going to be striving to be better. Uh, you know, so I think some of it is, you know, these guys, as much as you would like to think that these guys are listening and buying into everything that, that we're telling them starting – back in January, but we also tell them sometimes teenagers, they don't believe anything an adult tells them until it actually bites them in the hind end. So I think a little bit of it is that. There's a realization there that, you know, we might know a little bit of what we're talking about. We don't plan to be perfect as their leaders and as their coaches, but we are striving to help them learn and grow through every situation. So I think some of it is just uh, getting a little bit more buy-in. And there's still room to grow in that category, so that's what makes it exciting to understand that, you know, yeah, we've we've been successful the last couple of weeks, but there's room for improvement and uh, you know, bigger and and better things ahead of us. Well, now that they have hopefully learned that you might know a thing or two about coaching football, still a lot to clean up. You you mentioned that you talked mm-hmm. about it. What's the emphasis this week uh, for you guys? Uh, same as always. I mean, just learn from every uh, situation that you've been in, and that's good situations, that's bad situations. You know, how do you handle a little bit of success? How do you handle your setbacks? And then ultimately just learn and grow from every situation that you've been in, you know, on the field, off the field, practice, film study, just everything that goes into it, uh, and just deserve the opportunity to win. That's something we've been talking to our guys about, you know. So focusing on the right next step. Uh, you know, do your job and then uh, focus on what's coming next. So that's a big thing that we've been talking to them about. How do you start faster, both from a a coaching perspective? How do you kind of coach the team up, uh, make the play calls to get the team going early? And then how do the guys 
execution wise kind of begin to execute earlier in ball games and start a little faster the way you were talking about? I, yeah, well, I told them yesterday that we was going to dress up before the game Friday and play two quarters and then start the game, you know, <laughs> thinking that it was after halftime. But, uh, you know, can't do that. But, I mean, really, we just, you know, continue to do the process that we believe in here. Uh, you know, it's it's a lot of work. Uh, like I said, it's it's a lot of studying. You know, you got to do your film work. you got to practice hard. Uh, you know, I've last week might have been the first week where I felt that we had a day that really wasn't productive or good. You know, prior to that, I've, I've – I've locked what we have gotten Monday to Thursday out of our guys. So it just comes down to continue to uh, understanding and buying into the process and living that process, no matter how redundant that it might seem or be. Uh, but it's necessary for us to get these guys where they need to be mentally and physically. And then uh, just step out on the field with a lot of confidence right there at the beginning and, uh, you know, verify what we've been doing Monday through Thursday. Now, teams will change and they'll do things that we might not have seen, but a lot of times it is what we've seen. So, uh, just understand what they're seeing and then get out there and play as hard as they can. Just like any other week, Coach, the opponent changes this week. What does Gordonsville do that you've seen on film that you guys have got to key on if you're going to walk away with a third consecutive victory? Well, I mean, they're a hard-nosed football team. They've, they've always been known for that. So, you know, they've got a defense that lines up where they're supposed to be. They, they're very disciplined. They run to the football. They're aggressive. Um and that's, you know, as a coach, that's what you like to see on that side of the ball. I would like to think that people classify our defense the same way. Uh, offensively, they're very multiple, uh, very similar to us. A lot of different things that uh, they can do. They can spread you out. They like throwing the football. They got quarterback run game. Uh, you know, got a good running back. A couple of really good receivers. They got a tight end that can block real well and run routes. So uh, it, it's another one of those weeks where you just have to be in tune with every potential thing that a team can do and then prepare your hardest, and then show up and play your hardest. DeKalb County Tigers head coach Steve Trapp joining us there, talking about the vibe around the program, how they plan on making it three in a row, and, of course, the health of the program, as well as where they go from here as we head into, folks, (laughs) the back kind of two-thirds back half of the season. We've already seen a bye week for a team in the Upper Cumberlands. That's York Institute and several more coming up in the next couple of weeks. Want to remind everyone you can hear Livingston Academy homecoming for the Wildcats hosting the Bobcats of Pickett County. That one will begin with coverage at 6.15, kickoff at 7 o'clock on 101.9 AM 920. Cookville heads to Mount Juliet. The Cavs coverage will begin at 6.40 with kickoff at 7 o'clock on News Talk 94.1. And as you've heard from both Upperman head coach Adam Kane and White County head coach Curtis Beatty, that game will begin at none other than 7 o'clock with a 6.40 coverage beginning on Sports Radio 104.7. I blanked there for a second. I'm Colin Castleberry. This has been the High School Playbook built by Mountain Barn Builders.